time for a progress report. I've been missing in action. It hasn't been that long. And I honestly didn't have a lot to say, which makes me think doing this once a month is probably more realistic than every two weeks. Anyway, let's not waste any time. Here's what I've been up to for the past month. Leaving my fear of failure behind. A month ago, I applied for a national role with my organization, one that would keep me working remotely. Hallelujah. Recover the salary I lost in the pay cut I took to save myself for a second time in my career. Hallelujah, two times. And allow me to exclusively support and connect current and former educators of color. Hallelujah, three times. Even though all of the steps I've taken in the selection process have proven to me over and over again that I can do this job, I'm still scared to claim it like the church folks say. I've been here before, more than once, swinging for the professional fences, feeling good about my credentials and my chances, only to be edged out by unnameable forces and left to wonder why I wasn't good enough this time. As proud of myself as I might be for taking this chance, I know from the way I'm feeling in the middle of this process that I haven't fully recovered from the professional rejections that I've eaten in the past. If this turns out to be another bust, I predict a major setback on this intention. Fear of failure is at the core of my fear of taking real risks, and I'm not sure I can move through what feels like another high-profile failure while I'm trying to get confident enough to build something of my own. I'm honestly afraid of how I'll react. It's at this point that I hear my therapist's voice in my head saying she wonders what would happen if I spent as much time preparing to get the job instead of preparing for failure, which honestly is another sign that I haven't made as much progress here as I'd like. Love being single. I'm excited to report major progress here in the form of how I dealt with a really challenging time at work. I wasn't feeling very successful, and I didn't feel like I had a safe place to scream and shake my fists at God. The voice of the me I'm outgrowing saw that moment as a reason to pick at us. See, if you had a boyfriend, you'd have someone to talk about work with. I was a deep breath away from letting that thought snowball and spiral until I was curled up on the couch listening to breakup music. But I actually took the deep breath. And in the space of that breath, I had time to ask the question I've been practicing to break myself out of negative thought patterns. Is that true? It only took a few memories of how exes handled me venting about work to remember that none of them were actually very good at supporting me in moments like this. So there was no real reason to believe that a boyfriend was who I needed in this moment either. After asking myself what actual support looked like in this moment and who could offer me those things, I called Taquana, who'd had my job at another city and knew me well enough that I didn't have to explain my job or who I am in those shoes to unload and get to the other side. I'm much better at stopping myself before I descend into depression over singleness and finding the ways that my life already offers me everything I need and the people I already know and love who love me back. Change my attitude about black men. The biggest positive I have to report here is that it's April, which means the year isn't over and there's still time. What can I say? Niggas have been nigging the way niggas nig. And being more solidly happy in my singleness has made it harder to make the kind of excuses I used to make to accept the unacceptable from them and from myself. I think the one piece of real progress I've made here is coming to terms with what my age means when it comes to dating. When you're single and never married in your late 30s, you're smack in the middle of what I've decided to call dating Death Valley. 
all the black men who were worth marrying in their 20s did just that. But if they're unhappy, they haven't figured out how to leave or they are no longer married due to death or divorce, but in no condition to date again. The rest, baby, they still out here chasing hoes waiting on male pattern baldness and hypertension as the signal to settle down. Mathematically speaking, the man on the other side of my next significant relationship probably isn't yet divorced, widowed, or a fully functional and trustworthy adult. The rational side of me finds solace in the idea that my suffering is perfectly logical, has a predictable termination date, and isn't the result of some unacceptable physical or character flaw that no man will ever get over. I'm not unlovable. I just missed the first boat to club with. I can live with that. So that's it. Spring has sprung and a quarter into the year, I think in total, I've taken as many steps forward as I've taken backward. Evolution is slow going, it seems, so I'm calling it now, okay? You won't hear from me again until May unless my next Uber Eats delivery is dropped off by a childless widower who's secretly a millionaire and knows how to schedule and keep a date. See you next month. Probably. Maybe. Bye. <laughs>